I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's not your mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the diamond cutter. Diamond cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Hello, my fellow GDP Yoga Warriors. What is going on? It is Wednesday night. It is 9 p.m. right here on the East Coast of the U.S. where I am currently located. And, of course, there's another episode of DDP Radio right here at DDPRadio.com. Uh, my name is Mike Mullins. As always, you can check me out over at Mikey90percent.com. And making her triumphant return, she has been a busy, busy woman, all kinds of projects in the, in the works and uh, currently uh, executing, if you will. Uh, she's been off for a few weeks, and we got some fun announcements uh, surrounding her this week. Uh, Stacey Morris is back. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Mike, and it's good to be back. How are you guys? Ah, I am I am lovely. And uh, before we get into our conversation, of course, we have to bring on the man from across the pond. He is staying up late. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning with what? Oh, oh. Um, um. Gloria, no, I won't be hey. The one and the only Hayden. That's, that's his new formal intro I, on this show. I, I will oh never, God. ever get tired of hearing that. I will never get tired of that. That's fantastic. Uh, uh, oh, man. The glorious uh, Hayden. How are you, man? I'm doing even better now. <laughs> Very awake after hearing that. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Ah. Wonderful. Um, we we got a really special show this week, and I know this means a lot to, to Stacy uh, as much as any of us, because um, we're just going to get right into it, because we're not going to waste time dilly-dallying when we have her on the line. Um, mm-hmm. Stacy can probably do a better intro than me, because these two have been connected since the first part of their journey, and I know they both have bounced off each other so many inspirational tips and motivation and love and, and just support so I'm going to give Stacey the honors and uh, to do the intro on our guest. Okay. Well, we have with us tonight the person who is known. Uh, you might have heard this this moniker before, but she's known as the godmother of DDP yoga, Miss Terry Lang. And, Terry, yeah. we just want to welcome you back. I know it's, it's been over a year, maybe two years since you've been on DDP radio, and I know you've had a lot of changes. You've moved You've become a grandmother, and uh, you're in a new chapter of your life. So we can't wait to hear what's been going on with you, and welcome back. 
Well, thank you, and it is so good to be back. I miss you all. I haven't been on the radio, but I certainly uh, hear from a lot of you members, and I try to get to the performance center and, and see the people there. And it's so especially good, though, to talk with you, Stacy, because we have shared a lot of ups and downs together, mm-hmm. weight-wise, personally, and uh, you're a dear friend, and I'm so glad to be able to talk with you as well, as well as the fellas. Yeah. Well, the reason the reason you're called the, the godmother of DDP yoga is, you know, Dallas really, in the beginning, never intended this to be, you know, so much a, a weight loss kind of a, a deal. But it evolved naturally, and you were his massage therapist, and I think you still might be. And you kind of just went. I saw him a few days ago. (laughs) Ah, yeah, and I know I've I've heard you're you're like the best in the business. So uh, I I really hope I hope I can find that out in person one day because I'm a massage addict. But um, (laughs) you were just chatting with him. You were chatting with him about how you had just turned fifty and were not happy with some of the changes in your body, and it, it was. As I know, as any woman 50 or over knows, it's all too easy um, to gain weight. You know, your body just changes. Mm. It's nature. And right. he, he instead of um, giving you a soft shoulder to cry on, gave you that world-famous, you know, figuratively, he gave you that fist, you know, like, what are you going to do about it, you know? I don't want to hear any more, um, you know, complaining. What are like you going to do like- about it? He says, no whining, no whining yeah. loud. <laughs> That's a pretty good memory because I, I was 49 at the time or, and pretty close to approaching 50, and I, I, that number just scared me a lot. And, and I remember, because we have very long sessions, he was still in the ring back then, so our sessions could go a couple hours, three hours, a long time to getting back into shape, usually twice a week between um, his gigs. And somehow I was talking to him about that, and he just sat right up and said, just stop your whining. You know, you should be happy in your life. You have a wonderful husband and family, and love it, mm-hmm. embrace it, or quit your complaining and whining about it and do something. And nobody had ever said that to me. I said, Warren's never said a thing to me like that. And he goes, he's your husband. He never would. I can tell mm-hmm. you, you know. So it made me, it gave me pause, and I started um, losing weight. There was no VDP yoga. There wasn't anything like that, and I lost 64 pounds. So when I turned 50, I was in a size 8 instead of an 18. And he he didn't know that people would, could be that focused and determined, I guess. He, just, he hasn't been paying attention to any of that, and he was Got that idea, like, if I could do this, I'm just a regular lady. I'm not even 20 years old doing it. And we kind of evolved it from that start, that maybe he knows how to help people lose weight. But more importantly, it's not so much most of us know how to lose weight for some kind of reason, but how to motivate or train your mind or turn yourself on to doing that task. That's his power. And that's what he figured out. That's an amazing point you just brought up there. And I want to touch on that before you go, you know, on from that. But 
usually when we have problems in our lives, you know, whether it be women problems or fitness problems or money problems, we, we ask for people's advice and we ask them, and we, you know, we go to them, but we, we, you know, mentally we just want them to kind of, you know, uh, you know, you know, pat us on the head and say you're doing the right thing. You know, you're you're doing well. You know, but we seldom have that kind of conflict, uh, confrontational voice that tells us that you know you got to do something. You know, a lot of times we want to you know have our friends tell us what we want to hear that we're doing everything right. It's not your That's fault. Like- and it's mm-hmm. it's so important to have someone who who has the balls enough. And, and Dallas is one of those guys that sometimes mm-hmm. you don't know how to take oh, that yeah. when they'll say that to you. Um, In but your it's an important voice. Yep. Yes, it's an important mm-hmm. voice, and, and it's not doing you any favors to say, oh, well, it's just because, you know, your your metabolism. No, you have the power to do things, and someone needs to tell you and unleash that power instead of just, you know, telling you it's all going to be okay. He would say to me, because occasionally down the road, because I go, this is just so hard. He'd, he'd raise right up off the table and say, well, of course it's hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody be thin. Uh-huh. Of course it's hard, but if you want it bad enough, <laughs> you got to go after it. And as hard as it is, it's as sweet as it is when you get it. And he was right. So so we started. You just talked about. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and that's where it led to, that was just first about him realizing he has more power than he thinks to guide people in, in keeping their mind focused and, uh, you know, following their heart and, and even though it's hard how to push through it, he's good at that. But then he learned later because I became a celiac and I had stopped eating gluten and that's when he was catching on to how that would be so important in a diet and how that altered some of his thoughts on how to eat. And as we worked together, and mostly it was as I was changing and other people were trying it, he'd try it. So it was kind of a, 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 a chemistry experiment, I guess, with food and exercise and mental stuff. We had other people like Dr. West and Craig Aaron for sure. We all had all these inputs from our own viewpoint, and he was just taking from everybody's wealth of experience and information. you saw this thing kind of evolve over time. And, you know, you talked about, you know, how you were there at pretty much the conception of the idea and stuff. And I just want to ask yeah. you, just because I know you've been around mm-hmm. for a while, and I don't want to gloss over this either because we need to talk about this in a minute, the fact that you're a grandmother. And I don't know <laughs> any grandmother that looks as in shape as, as you do or is youthful, so we'll have to hit that in a second. Um, but oh, you've seen this evolve. You've seen this evolve and you've seen kind of where this has gone and, you know, obviously, probably the worst bet in the world would be to bet against Dallas, but this was sure. a probability for him to kind of make this thing a, a big deal as it is now. Uh, from standing on the sidelines and being there with him, you know, throughout this whole process, what are your thoughts to see where this has grown and how this has taken off and changed so many other people's lives? Honestly, it blows my mind because I watched, you're correct, from one body to three bodies to hundreds of bodies to thousands of people that he talked to and such emotional stories. I was there just to, to show a, a big moment for me and him at the same time. I was with him, or no, I think he was on the car, and he had me 
I don't know how I saw it on screen or sent it to me or anyway, it was Arthur. When Arthur, when he was working with Arthur, and Arthur sent him, that's it, we were both together, he sent him a text, and we opened it up like an email, and he showed me, and that's when Arthur, it looked like he was kind of walking down a, a wooded path, I'm sure everybody's seen this hundreds of times now, and we watched the shadow come out from the trees in a run. He cried, I cried. I mean, I can't use anybody more than Arthur's journey. And to be a part of that, to watch it, to talk with Arthur along his way, and videos. And mm-hmm. I remember when he came to one of the workout sessions, he was still in a wheelchair. A lot of the time we rolled him around to, to, to go at one of the shoots. It's, it, it's just so amazing. And, and Stacy's story, Stacy and I shared adequate amount of tears, happiness, sadness. And because food is it's so much more than an exercise and it's how to feed your body and your mind. And, there's a, and, and what happens when you're doing well but a bad bump in the road comes that can derail you? And to have this whole group of people that talk to each other and help each other and reach out a hand when you're having a bad time and do it, I cannot imagine how this got to this giant place that he created. Yeah, and, and when you started this, you didn't have a big support network, so that makes nope. to me that makes it even more amazing that you you did it and you made it stick all these years. My husband is he's really he's really amazing, and he puts up with a lot. He puts up with Dallas in our life and, and our friends and our family, <laughs> not focused on how I eat and exercise and and stuff. Uh, so he's amazing. And Paige was he was my husband was my soft side, but he. You know, because he said, because I always said, why didn't you ever tell me that I was too heavy? Or so he goes, because you're my wife. Plus, you might yeah. hurt me. So, yeah, you know, it's like, I would never mm-hmm. say that. He said, but Dallas could tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. So, so Terry, where did you, there, there were no formal workouts at the time. Nope. Where Nothing. and how, what, what was your beginning? I started um, with weights. And I and I got some uh, some weights. I had some free weights which I never used. But I set up actually ended up with gym in my house. I created. I put the mirrors on the wall, and you know I didn't want to see like my arms kind of flap around. I really hate that, you know, as I was losing weight mm-hmm. and stuff. But so I would rather hide it than acknowledge it or do it. But Paige is always like, when you look at yourself, that's what you re- then you really see. You know, you're so good at pretending in your head, or I want to mm-hmm. forget it or run from it. When he, you know, Dallas is the guy, I try to remember Dallas. He, he is the one that faces everything head on, yeah. yeah. everything. When sometimes you think mm-hmm. maybe if you tried softer, might have been better. He goes full force, and I needed to learn that from him. <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm he needs to learn the other. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm laughing because I, I went through a very similar process, and I think anyone with weight issues goes through complete uh, body distortion, and they don't see themselves clearly. And I, I was in uh, huge denial over my size, and he was the one who got me to say my weight out loud when I for, for years mm. I deal with it. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. And I had to take the pictures, which was devastating because I had deluded myself 
into thinking I was just, you know, kind of a low-end plus size, you know. And when I saw the three-dimensional from all sides, I mm. I just couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe how dishonest I had been with myself. But that's part, you're absolutely right. That's a huge step. You know, this is not just about what are you eating and how much. It's it's really about dismantling um, some of our biggest roadblocks, which for me was exactly. denial and dishonesty. That's where it began for me. I couldn't I, I think, couldn't well, make I any huge. Yeah, a I mean you can't make lasting progress. Yeah. I mean it doesn't do any good. You can do workouts and you can control your food, but if you're still kind of in la la land, um right. it's not to me I don't think it's gonna it's not gonna be a lasting change. Exactly. And you brought up a good point because so many people that I've talked with also just feel like less of a person or they have no value if you're overweight because some of the world is just like thin and shapely or unhealthy the other way, but just lean and everybody's into focusing on that kind of is beauty. But but really you have to separate you may be overweight, but that doesn't make you bad. There are many evil thin people. But we at least mm-hmm. we see you and me when we talk, we don't see ourselves as as necessarily good when we're overweight. My my more um heavy thought was because my mother was overweight for many years and got very sickly during this earlier time. I just somewhat just got down about it thinking I'm going to be her. And I just didn't find mm-hmm. it. I'm getting older, I'm gonna be fifty. That's the path, and it was more like I was resigned to that, where that's when he kicked me in the butt. And he also say, if you don't like it, change it. He said, you're such a fighter about everything else. Why, why do you think this way? When you, mm-hmm. It's up to you. Do it, don't do it, but stop crying about it or worrying about it because you have the power to change your life, but you've got to work at it. So he was always yeah. very helpful to push me forward. Well, they say, they say there's the classic weight loss loss quote that they say at every weight loss uh, program or anything. You know, any fitness program, you can lie to everyone else, but you can't lie to yourself. And I think that's bullshit because I lied to myself my whole life. Because my yeah, whole thing is, I'm the funnest guy in the world. But as soon as anything gets serious or anything, any time I have to focus on something that's dark or or dangerous or unhealthy, I close it off like it doesn't exist. I separate that from from my thought process. And that's bullshit because you you lie to yourself and that's why you get yourself into the situation to begin with. And I think one of the biggest uh the biggest tools someone can have in their life is to be able to to be able to objectively look at yourself and decide whether I'm the problem or not. And it's not just in weight loss or anything. You know, you have a fight with your girlfriend or your wife or your husband and they tell you what you did wrong. What's your first instinct? To fire something back at them. You know, tack, but you don't, seldom we actually look at ourselves and say, maybe they're right about me. Maybe I'm not doing this correctly. And I think that's a tool that, that will lead so many people to changing their lives once they do kind of disconnect with that line to yourself and, and be honest with yourself and focus on the problem that you obviously have that you're not acknowledging. Exactly. That's a very good point about about the lying to yourself and and just being honest with with you and and also I think for me it helped me for sure not turning it 
about looks because looks fade. And I'm already in, in an aging thing. It's not like I was 30 so or 20. So it was much more for me about health. That probably gave me more incentive even than looks, not that people wouldn't think I'm vain now or I like my size of jeans or my husband does, but it was all about my mother's health and then later my father with Alzheimer's. I'm gen- that's how I've been changing my diet and how I eat. It might be a little different than you all do by the nutritionists and, and genetic stuff that I've been studying. So I'm still driven by health and what can keep me alive longer. I'd like to stay in my cute little clothes, but that I want to be healthy and alive without turning on my Alzheimer's gene. So I'm, you know, I have a, a huger plan and reason to stay focused. Although Dallas helps me all the time. <laughs> so that's a that's a great point though because you know, you know, when I was younger, I'll be the first one to admit I was a fat kid and all I wanted to be was was good looking in the cool clothes to get the pretty girls to notice me. I mean, that's what you want when you're younger. And you always said like, oh, I, I feel better and stuff. But as I've gotten older you really start to realize what they mean by you got to feel better. It's not about looks because when you get up in the morning and your knees are cracking and your back is hurting and you feel groggy and drowsy and stuff, you know, the fact that I look good in a size, you know, whatever jeans is the last thing on my mind when I'm struggling to schlub myself into the shower in the morning. It really is. Your priorities change as, as you get older. And I got to ask you and Stacey this because this is kind of on my mind too. There's a real thin balance when it comes to, you know, being honest with somebody. Um, you talked about yeah. your husband was always telling you, you know, well, I'm your husband, and, and Dallas was being honest with you. And we live in a, in a kind of a world right now where that's kind of a touchy situation. And, and I, we, it's not about looks or something, but sometimes it's kind of frowned upon just to, like, you know, acknowledge, say, hey, you should try to, you know, get healthy. That's the shame culture, and obviously that's a huge issue. But how do you navigate around that? Because obviously you want all women and men to love themselves and love their bodies, but there's also huge health-significant risks that you need to acknowledge with somebody, but it's kind of hard to navigate that area. I I think it is, and for me it may be um, slightly easier just because I I was a nurse for 20 years, and so I said a lot of tough things to a lot of people. And then... um, as a massage therapist, I guess somewhat I can change it from being a personal statement that might hurt someone into more of a professional opinion about something because I can read some, I'll just swing it again about back to your health or, and moving it away. When your friend says that you might need to lose weight, they're thinking you don't like how I look and my pants. And, and I'm not coming from that direction at all. If I have enough clients whose knees are hurting them and their joints are so bad and, and they're in pain, I can say, I can talk about what weight is doing to pressure to the knees and the joints. And with every 10 pounds of weight, this is what happens extra to you. So I, have, I kind of take the personal sting a little bit out of it or judgment. It's not about judgment. I come clearly, purely by health and your bones and your body and, and things. And, and that helps me um, say it. Normally I, I don't get in, involved much, but if they're either unhappy about it, we have a discussion a little bit, but particularly I can approach it by how they're physically feeling. Yeah, that's a good strategy, um, focusing on health 
energy, stamina, right. things like exactly. that. It, it is a, a touchy subject. And mm-hmm. I, I would say just from my own experience on both sides of it, because I, I did not appreciate it when people would suddenly broach the topic. You know, I, I, was, I was not bringing it up. If somebody brings it up and says, I'm unhappy, you know, like Terry did with Dallas, I, I really I, I want to change, but I don't know how, then go for it. But exactly. usually unsolicited, it's not it's not well received. I mean, I knew. I think I mean, you even though I was in, Yeah, like you need an opening. Yeah. I, I was I was in denial, but I also knew in my heart of hearts I was out of control with food. I knew my weight was pretty high, um, and I just wasn't. You know, there were there were times in my life when I just wasn't ready to deal with it. And I needed that weight, and I needed the food as coping mechanism. And that, that was how I was able to get through my life at that particular moment. And you, and um, you learn to find a new way to cope. You have because everybody needs yeah. some some mechanism to de-stress or turn to, and you just had to find a different way rather than food. Yeah, and and, and now I have. have. It's taken time, it's taken time to relearn and reprogram my brain, but now I couldn't really imagine, um, mm-hmm. you know, solely using food. I mean, I, I still stress eat sometimes, and I mm-hmm. sometimes I eat just because I really want to experience yep. a dessert or whatever, but I just can't imagine now that I've been so long in this groove. You know, I know I can't solve any problems through food. Right. I, I just know that now. And I so, think when I, I you hope. reach for that goodie, and you, mm-hmm. but you know what the difference is. You do that with awareness. There are times when I eat that going, that is really crappy food. I just think I'm, I'm aware. I mean, I don't ever eat the gluten, and I don't. there's certain things I just can't do. But, but I think the difference is the awareness. It's always the awareness. And at least when you do it, you do it with awareness, and you're not kidding yourself. You're not hiding or fooling. You're honest. And you just did it anyway, and that's still better. You can re- you can mm-hmm. recoup and change and yeah. adjust from your honesty. But if you're hiding from it and lying to yourself, you don't see, and then the problem gets huge mm-hmm. again. Yeah, and it's so hard too to navigate. There's a lot of gray areas in a lot of this stuff too. Mm-hmm. And as you talked about, as as men, as 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 men were conditioned to you know, bring up the wife's weight, you know, bring up her eating or whatever, but it's hard for someone, you know, when your husband, when you, when you were having your weight problems back in the day, as somebody who loves you and, 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 and depends on you to be part of his life, it's kind of, it's, it's concerning for someone like that. So it's a real hard area to navigate, like being careful and wanting you to be, you know, take care of yourself and also, you know, towing that line. And, and that's, it's a hard area to get into, especially nowadays where there's a lot of judgment and people sometimes don't have the best intentions. And uh, it's, it's something to kind of think about, maybe something we could touch on on a later show because it's really hard to, to kind of put that out there that you love someone and you don't want right. them to see them, you know, their quality of life. Uh, and sometimes you don't have it. a helpful partner. And that's when you have to reach out to somebody else uh, I mean, some I was much more blessed. I had a supportive husband, and he eats less gluten. He keeps changing. He's like, how much more change over 15 years are we going to do? And he's leaner and never sexier and better as a retiree. So 
so it's working for him. He's just like, ay, ay, ay. You never know what we're going to come up with next to, to be healthier because it's all about living longer in the little <laughs> retirement community now. <laughs> that's, that's a great segue because I want to go into you and Stacy's partnership real quick um, because, you know, you talked about having a supportive husband uh, who, who, you know, joined you on your journey. And for a lot of people in this community, I know – I felt it where I was in a different place than Katie, and she was. In, we both back and forth we used to miss each other. Like she'd be really on, and I'd be off, and I'd be on, and she'd be off. In that situation, the community aspect of what we do here is is important because you can partner up with like-minded people who have similar goals and kind of work together. And on TeamDeanPioga.com right now, the, the, the social media site that we have for the program, one of the first videos that were ever kind of took off was the meeting between you and Stacey, and that was a culmination of a long um, kind of, you know, partnership that you guys have been pushing each other and, and talk about how all that came together and what you guys meant to your journeys. I see that. I mean, sometimes I like, still get a tear. Like, it's almost I, like I'm back in that moment, and and I get choked up because yeah. it was really – I wasn't surprised. Well, Steve, <laughs> Steve – Steve, the brilliant storyteller, <clears throat> Steve yeah. Yu, who directed mm-hmm. um, the, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, mm-hmm. and I think he knew it would be somewhat dramatic if we we were coming to meet across this long, you know, open courtyard. And also, what what the viewers didn't know was that there was some really grandiose Indian wedding going on. If anyone's ever seen that movie, Bend It, Bend it Like Beckham. I mean, those Indian weddings are just like, right. they're so ceremonial. And they were playing this really pageantry kind of music, which kind of fueled my emotions and got me even more emotional. Sure. And then when I saw Terry, I was just like, oh. Because we had formed this really tight, supportive relationship and had been in regular contact for three years, but we had never met face-to-face, and that was... Right the first meeting it was it was very emotional and um was, that's a was. prime example of how how you can just let the feelings flow if you're not burying them with food you know exactly i i know i i uh, we talk so much <clears throat> about so many things and so often losing weight is so much more than just about food and so you have to learn to figure out what to do with your feelings. And as your feelings change, what do you do with those emotions besides mm-hmm. reach for take? And you and I had various times some, some different things to talk about, and we share um, our father's experiences together and weight loss and just so many things. And sometimes, at least, thank goodness, when I was down, you, you were up. We didn't crash at the same yeah. time, but... We we had a lot to to um, share together, and yeah, uh, so much with the I, books, and you're helping so many people, and so proud. Well, thank you. But you know, I've always looked at you as you've you've been the one that cleared the path, like you bushwhacked your way to health, and and we all followed. I mean, you know, you you're the one who told me, and I just kind of saw the way you lived your life, and some of the things that happened to you, good and bad, like you. You lost a very close friend after your weight loss who couldn't handle the new you. Yes. And that's happened to that's me right. too. You know I, all those secrets. 
<laughs> yeah, but I, I but that's happened right. to me too. Um, not everyone's you know exactly thrilled with yeah. the new me. Um, they liked me when I was wounded and 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 unhappy, and um, and we yeah we both lost our dads to oh. Alzheimer's, and we've had to really kind of teach the people who are in our lives, you know, this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. I'm not going to apologize for having to eat differently, live my life a little differently. This is just the way it is. And you, um, speaking of that, you move, you and Warren moved into a beautiful, and it sounds like a a rather large retirement community where um, because of all the free time, it's a double-edged sword. It sounds like there are a lot of activities. You can be active and do sports and whatever, but there's a lot of recreational eating going on. And I said to you, (laughs) yeah, I said to you recently, Terry, you must stick out for a number of reasons. You must stick out like a sore thumb, you know, when people are, (laughs) so how do you, how do you handle it? Because this is something that I think everybody who changes from, you know, eating poorly to eating healthy has to deal with how do you how do you deal with being in the minority it, that ha, that has been uh, you know I haven't talked to you about that personally but it has been an adjustment we've been here a, a year and we had the house the year before while we were also working in in, in, our, in Woodstock and it is a beautiful place so there's so much you can do in two great pools indoor and outdoor and pickleball and tennis and every kind of activity there are about 900 people 800 um people in our Nick community and they have about 200 more homes to build so it's an active adult community and there is no like nursing homes step places this is you know single dwelling homes and stuff that said uh and there's a few people that are still working because of the 55-plus there are, there are, and they took a few percentage of late 40s and early 50s. And, and so there are some very healthy, active people. On the other hand, there are many, many more who are not. And it doesn't mean they're not active, but the thing I've learned the most is you need to be active to move your blood and your healthy organs and all these things. But the key component, it is about food. It is what goes in your mouth and how much of it besides working it out. And so there's a lot of, a lot of happy drinking and eating. And, like, every happy hour we have, everybody brings a dish. And, and, and it's always got a lot of food. And so I have to say I was told a few times to my face, you're just one of the – if someone would say, who's this new lady? Because we're all friendly and introduced. They go – Oh, she's that skinny one over there doesn't eat much. Because I'm mm-hmm. only another one celiac, I think, in the place. So just my not eating gluten eliminates me from many desserts and things that I wouldn't necessarily eat anyway. But it did make me stand out. Um, and I've had to adjust a little bit and felt a little bit like a loner in some things because I, I don't participate and even if I could eat it, I don't eat all that stuff, and I definitely don't drink as much because, not that I wouldn't love to drink wine a lot or something, but that sugar is just not good for you. And so I don't. I drink on occasion, or I'll have a drink on a Friday night or something, but I don't drink every day, and I don't drink much because I can't afford the calories. I'd rather eat it, and I, and I don't want all those, those um, sugars. 
And so that makes me stand out a lot, too, actually. So it is something I'm working mm-hmm. with. But the exciting thing is I just got into, we have a, a huge cooking club and all types of grill and ale and all kinds of things, breakups, but break off to that. But I got a healthy eating club started. And so we try to make gluten-free, oh, dairy-free, that. And there's about 25, 30 people that show up for that. The trick is to get in to really understand what they're putting in there that they call it healthy, you know, or something. But we're, but just that they were interested because when I find out there's all these people who've had heart attacks and hip replacements and, and shoulder replacements, but they're so heavy and then they can't walk or they're recovering from surgeries and all kinds of things and many diabetics and some of them have come to me because they want to lose weight it's just and it's hard at this age to then say the very things you really find as your entertainment which is your food and your drink is what some of it you're going to have to cut back on never give it all up but you have to shift it and repackage it and some of them are at this point like it's just too late who cares and so I remind them mm-hmm. that it isn't necessarily too late because my birthday present this year in July was Medicare because I, I hit 65. So sometimes I find that just harder to believe. So. Well, weird I, too, I find um, it hard to believe looking at your photos. <laughs> yeah. And hanging in there. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and people can be weird. People can be can be different sometimes when you try to explain to them the reasons why you're eating healthy and such. Some people kind of get insulted by that, perhaps. Um, some people don't know how to accept when you say, I'm going to pass on that. Um, but, you right. know, Stacey just talks about your photos and stuff, and I think the biggest billboard to promote what you do is the fact that you walk around healthy and you walk around in shape and you feel good and you're active. And especially, you know, in a retirement community where there's some people that are older, and I'm sure that, like you said, have been through heart attacks and hip replacements, mm-hmm. um, they may question you, but the more they get to know you and see how vibrant you are, that's the biggest billboard and the biggest, um, just the biggest validation for what you do that you could possibly. Thank you. I'm trying to to just live it, live it as I feel, and sometimes a little bits of it wear off. And and I did start. Um, there was four or five ladies that I that I met the quickest that we kind of hung together and they said, let's have a happy hour on Mondays or something, just us six. But they started changing little bits of things just because I was just quietly doing that. And they started, I started what I call the little yoga stretch because I did use the DDP moves, but it was really only about seven of them just how to touch your toes. And I mean, we're talking basic stuff. But they would come once a week and and get on, and they brought mats. I brought extra stuff, and I just got them so they could bend over, kind of touch their toe, or get toward there, and and do some cat lifts and cat, art, you know, just some basic stuff. And they started going home and doing that. And then they finally had a yoga teacher come here that that was good. It was more traditional yoga, and two or three of them went to that class and started it. Um, so I just feel happy, like you say. I, I'm just trying to share my joy, not how hard it is. I get excused sometimes because they just say, like, she must eat that way. But I remind them I, that I'm choosing to do that because I know many people that can't or should not have gluten and eat it anyway because they'll say it's worth it to be sick. I don't see it that way at all. So it is a mindset. It's just how badly do you want it and how do you want to feel 
and I've been sick enough with um, other issues that there just isn't food good enough to um, blot out the vision of my mom or my father's journey. So that keeps me more focused. Maybe somebody else doesn't have those pictures to frighten them, I guess. Or they resign to it. They give up. Like I'm more of a fighter because they'll just say, that's the way it is. My mom and dad had this, and I guess I'm going to die too like that. Uh, um, I don't roll over that easy, I guess. Dallas maybe gave me a finish. It's easy to kind of reserve to that too. I had a, I had a good friend of mine who's, whose dad, my best friend, um, his dad was an alcoholic, and he would eat like garbage. And his whole thing, he always used to say, I'm not here for a long time, I'm here for a good time. He always used that line until right. about the last three years of his life uh, when he was dying of emphysema. And he, uh, he he was confined to a bed, and he told us, he said, I've, my whole mantra has betrayed me my entire life. And he realized in that moment that the good time did not wait a long time and he would do anything to stick around for several more years to be with his kids and his wife and stuff. And I've heard people say it a million times, you know, your health and time is the one thing you take for granted until it runs out. And unfortunately, by the time so many of us realize how much we appreciate life and how much we appreciate our health, it's often too late to even do something about it. And it's unfortunate, but that realization to have as early as you possibly can and uh, you may take it for granted at the moment, but you don't have to have that moment where you're laying in bed, uh, you know, dying about to leave your family and wishing you had just put in a little bit more effort. Excellent point, too. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, and I sometimes think some of my past experiences in my medicine and the stuff, you're, you're correct. I don't know how many times I was with a, a patient who those regrets, when you should have, could have, would have, and now you're down to the line, and then you think when they're crying or they're so sad or what have I done or I can't get it back and why didn't I see this? Because the bargaining that goes on when the light's really close <laughs> is is amazing in in how heartfelt and, and sad in it. And you hope to, at least for me, I want to have said I did everything I could to um, to have a long life instead of just getting there and then going, oh, my gosh, what did I do? I really messed this all up. And because some of my things are genetic, I think I need to live the best I can so my son will understand and not um, mess up in his life with the genetics of celiac and, and um, Alzheimer's and things. And so if I can't lead by example, how and understanding a lot that I have about food and stuff, how can I expect him to do it? So it, I use I use whatever incentives I can get. Dallas is gonna kick my butt if I mess this up. My husband will be sad because now I have to buy me a new wardrobe. My son will screw up with his eating. Whatever it takes to make me stay focused is is what I'm doing. I use every tool in my toolbox. Amen. Hey, um, <laughs> Hayden, our friend across the pond. Do you have any yes. questions for the godmother? Yeah, I mean, you kind of both touched on this about um, losing a friend because of them not accepting mm. your change. Um, that's actually recently happened to me. And I just wondered if you, anyone had got any ideas as to why this sort of thing happens, why people can't understand either your new look, your new outlook on life, why you've chosen to go gluten-free or 
if you are celiac, why you know why it suddenly appeared now, why people struggle to accept it. I mean, from my personal perspective, it was the guy who was my best man at my wedding decided that him and his wife weren't going to accept the fact that me and Laura have gone completely gluten and dairy free and just eating a clean life and I've changed my focus now goes from music 100% to DDP yoga 100% and music is kind of on the back burner and he just doesn't mm-hmm. quite understand where it's gone and it resulted in a quite a childish fight on Facebook about six months mm. ago and you know we haven't spoken since and mm. it's all it's, it's, it's all down to the fact yeah it, I mean, it hurts it hurts for sure <clears throat> It's the, the horrible thing is like when you go out for a meal with these people and you sit and you ask for the gluten-free menu and they roll their eyes. Yeah. And my thought has always sure. been, do you want me? Do you want me to have gluten in front of you so you can see what it does, so you can see exactly how I'm going to yeah. respond? And in some yeah. cases, you can probably get more than see it. You know, it's not, it's not a good sort of reaction. But they don't That's necessarily. So I said, just 
buy the package and do this with me. We'll do it together. And he just wouldn't do it. He frowned upon it. So it's it's very it's sad. Hard. It's hard. Some, sometimes I realize that some uh, some friendships can't stand the test of somebody getting ahead. I've you know yeah. I've been through it. I've known people who've done been through it that. When one person, you know, gets ahead in life or becomes successful and gets mm-hmm. a good job or in a happy relationship or loses weight, the other person starts to feel inferior as if, like, your friendship was based on you being at the same financial or whatever place. And, and sometimes it's it's intimidating for a person and they react badly. Yeah. And, you, you know, it's kind of hard to navigate through through changes in people that are going to happen. Yeah. yeah. That's that meter Stacy was talking about that I mentioned because – but you st- somehow, even how hurtful it is, or the loss, because you're thinking this shouldn't have had, you shouldn't have had this loss. You could still have this great friendship, and, and you just somewhat don't understand it or are hurt by it. But that hopefully never impedes your going forward, because you have this path to go on, and they chose to stop mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. Uh, or branch off yeah. another way. The love for you should be enough to want them to be, you to be healthy as well. Um, you know, if you truly care about someone in that way, you want them to be at their best. It's something, I mean, honestly, I'm struggling with it as we speak right now. I've done the gluten-free for a long time. Um, and I will be honest with you. I will gladly lie to your face and tell you that I don't care what anyone thinks. I'll say that all day long. And it's the biggest lie in the world because I'm so insecure about myself that I overcompensate the the cockiness or conceitedness to kind of mask that. And I'll tell you all day, I don't care what anyone thinks, but it, it, my mind is constantly kind of picturing myself through someone else's eyes and doing the gluten-free thing. And people would ask me, are you celiac? And I'd say, eh, I have a little bit of a, you know, I have a, a reaction to it, but I'm not celiac. And you get people's comments and you get the judgments. And mm-hmm. and then it mm-hmm. became almost like a parody. You know, you'd go on the internet and people would be say like, oh, how do you know someone's uh, gluten-free? They'll tell you. So, once it became ridiculous, yeah. I felt ridiculous <laughs> being in that being in that skin and going to someone and saying, "Can I get the gluten free menu?" Knowing that I'm not officially celiac, and I overthought things, and it's negatively affected wow. my health in the long run because I cared about what other people thought rather than what's best for myself. Yeah, there you go, and that's a lesson it, learned. It is easier to to be a celiac. I went from nobody knew what they go what years ago because it's been ten years. I've been see I see like ten years to now they say, Is this a lifestyle choice or are you are you someone that gets sick? I said I'd be the sick person and they go, Oh, okay and so then they're I've seen more you careful at the retreat. That's right. <laughs> yes, that, I that's no, right. you that that scared me. Like I was scared. Like people don't realize the effects that can have on someone. It's scary. Flat out on that sidewalk. I would be embarrassed if I hadn't been so sick and not much of a memory. Thank goodness Doctor West was there to help me. But yeah, but yeah, it is. It's right. real. It's legit. It's not. Yeah, it's not yeah. like oh, I can have it just yeah. occasionally. No, it's it's a serious thing. See, <laughs> this is another interesting question. When you go out to eat, I don't know if it happens over there much, but over here, if I go out and have a, a meal in a restaurant where I say you can have the gluten free menu, the instant question from the waiter or the waitress is, is it an allergy or is it a life choice? Right. Is it something you've chosen to do? Why do they need to know that? I want the gluten-free menu. So if if it's an allergy or it's not, it's not their problem. What what difference would it make? I was going to say, one of the things, oh, I'm sorry, go on. 
Well, no, Terry, okay. you can speak to that. It's a liability issue, I think, because of exactly a celiac can get violently ill, that, and they need to know that. Right. I mean, right. even if and, even if like a spoon touches another spoon that's been yeah, you yeah. know exposed to gluten, I think I, they just want to avoid violent so. illness. Right, because but, if if it's a lifestyle choice, if they and this has happened a couple times, and which is why I've gone to. I try. I tend to be more repetitious where I eat, so I don't have to go through the explanation or trust every new <laughs> chef, yep. helper, waiter, how many people touch your food from the time you order it to, to it gets back to you. Um, but if it's if I when they know I'm going to be sick, they're not going to cut their pizza, my pizza, with the same knife or cutter, and then put it from you know from another pizza. So they're they're looking yep. at it more like that. If it's a lifestyle choice, you won't. You may not love it, but you would not care if that pizza got cut by two different things or that cross. It's just that crossing over contamination. And I've actually been there where I want to, so I was beginning to be repetitious here now and get known. Someone came running out and said, your pizza is going to be much longer because I cut them. They were going to, they were cutting it with the, the cutter from the other pizza. And so we stopped it and we're making you a new one. So I'm like, yay. Because these people know. Um, yeah. So I think it may seem irritating to you, but I think much more they're looking for the safety precautions because I, I make think, kitchen scramble to do yeah. all these exact things, not just about the food, but they, they glove up, they clean their counter. Oh, my goodness. So I tend to eat to usually better places help me better, and repetition with those places makes me not such a pain in the butt. Yeah. See, my my point was more the fact that if uh, if they've got a gluten free menu, then they should be doing that anyway, irrelevant, so that anyone, even if it is a life choice, they still glove up, they still use right. all different materials. I, I do agree with you. Oh, yeah. I think it helps yeah. them breathe a little better because it's, it's yeah. just hard for everybody to understand <clears throat> or do it. So I'm forgiving that. I don't think it should matter. But in the end, it matters because I know they're going to be doubly careful. So I'm seeing yeah. it more from my side. Like, oh, yeah, no, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, what? back to what, you know, we were talking about Dallas being so forceful and a motivator. Mm. He, he will go in, even if he has no intention of ordering sometimes, he will just quiz a restaurant like are you gluten-free do you have gluten-free and he'll give him that look as he's asking you know no apologies and because he said that's your vote you know they if they hear it enough times they'll start to switch over and a lot of restaurants where i live and i'm not even in a big you know huge cosmopolitan city but there every single menu um has uh, at least three or four gluten-free selections, you know, because it's demand. People are, if you continue to demand it, uh, they will listen. They'll turn it around. It's improved over in the UK. Yeah, and Hayden, just keep keep asking, keep keep putting your vote in. Exactly. And, you know, friend, I, I've learned because I'm, you know, I've hit 50 and I can have a long, uh, longer span to look back on. But, you know, looking back, friendships, uh, you know, they evolve. And, and they're almost, in some cases, some of them are like snakeskin. You know, you shed them huh? as, you, as yeah. you grow. And it's just part of, you know, it's part of life. You, you can't 
remain friends with someone who's not going to accept you or respect you. And, and like the eye rolling, that's a classic, you know, mm. case mm-hmm. of that's a subtle way of trying to belittle someone. And it's so damn you know, uncomfortable. Yeah. And you just don't, you know, and, and as you, the further along you go with this, this way of, of being, you're going to attract different people with different values and, you know, some yeah. common ground. It just happens naturally. You don't have to, don't sweat it, you know. But um, it, it's sad to lose a friend. I mean, there's no, even if you two are, you know, have grown apart and you're at different places, it's still sad. It yeah. is. So yeah. my heart goes out to you. But, it, you know, it, it, it just, I think it happens to everybody who transforms, whether it's weight or, or you're just transforming the way you're living your life, you know. Um, that was the you're bound, thing you're bound to ruffle say. feathers. Yeah. And hearing yep. both of you say the same thing, and Mike as well, it was like, this is ringing really true, very recent for me, but really true. So, yeah, it's good to talk mm-hmm. to you about it. Oh, good. Yeah, well, that's, that, it's a good point to continue to bring up, <clears throat> because that's another thing people in the community go through, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's survivable for sure. It's definitely survivable. It's, it's right. one thing that's yep. not talked about very often in, in the changing of the health and the weight loss is the kind of ripple effect that it creates around you. Things change. People change. You know, your thoughts and feelings towards things, your your excitement. You know, you become a different person, and something that doesn't really get brought up is the kind of fallout from you changing as a person and your life changing around it. So that's something we really need mm-hmm. to kind of uh, dive into uh, in a future episode. And I can't believe we've mm-hmm. on the Good hour, point. first of all. I, I, this has been a great talk, and 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 Terry, I, I was wondering um, if you'd be able to come back at some point in the future because you brought up something earlier. You talked about the genetic testing that you had done and how uh, much we can yeah. learn from our parents and our and our genetics. And that that would be an amazing topic to get into sometime down the line. We'd love to talk to you about that. I would love to come back. Yeah. I've been the last couple of years, I disappeared, and I'd already gotten a little lecture of out saying where have you been and why because you've just been so quiet. And some of it was when I was sick again, some stuff, but and the move, and just trying to get my balance here. And uh, I would love to be back as often as you need or when you need a fill-in or something. Uh, I, I love to talk about health. And also, I'm pretty open, I think, like Stacy, I'll just tell you, if you ask me, I'm going to tell, tell you about my journey. And what I've learned and what I wish I'd done differently yeah. maybe or help someone else. And, and to stick together because you need, when you're changing yourself all over, it's really good to have a friend. And I had like Dallas and my husband, but now there's so many people out there and you just find kind of your fit. And Stacey and I, we spent a lot of time talking and li- listening and doing it. She called me more new. If I said Stacey, she's like, she, I would be disappearing. So if I'm going to take my phone, I'm going to go away, and we're going <laughs> to figure this yeah. out together. And, yeah. and work both ways. Yeah, but so I would love to be a part of it when you need, when you want to hear from, from a, an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. And that hey, Terry, kind of brings Terry, me to... Wait, just one, one oh, thing ahead, real Stacey. quick, Mike. Terry, what's the name of that book that you swear by, that it's it's how to eat according to your, your genetic type and avoid certain diseases? Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot, because I have a few books. I, I'll put that out there or something. Put it, yeah, put it on Facebook. 
Okay, yeah. let me write that note because yeah, I was we'll all share a lot it. of that from my uh, from my uh, hormone nutritionist doctor and yeah. and um, because yeah because of the Alzheimer gene, um, she said that Alzheimer's people uh, susceptible to that Alzheimer's genetic codes they don't yeah. process fats well, and that was huge mm. for me to learn. Now I need all those good fats. And so I would love mm-hmm. to talk about that, at least that belief, because I try to keep my HDL really up there, and my LDL I need to keep low so I don't turn on a gene. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some diseases like celiac. Um, you, if you get that, that's a turn-on gene, too. I didn't know about But some genes, there are diseases, if you have the, if you have the gene, you get it. But you can have, like, Alzheimer's gene, the celiac, and not turn it on. So you, there's all kinds of ways to hopefully to fight all that, but I, I'm a big thing about about your health and food, which is what I, when I was losing weight forever ago, I had a sign in my gym that said, nothing tastes as good as skinny feel. I scratched that out years ago, and I still keep it, but my saying is nothing tastes as good as healthy feel, because I'm all about, I like sitting in my wardrobe, my pants for all these years. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. not. It's not the reason. Because when I lost 20 more pounds, I got down to a four, and this is what I'm trying to stay in. I don't want to buy a new one on Medicare budget, for heaven's sake. So, but it's all about health. Because being in, at 65, yeah. being in a smaller pair of pants is not the main draw here. It's about how am I going to live when around me people, I have all kinds of levels of health. So it's in my face every day. So it's it's supporting my Vanity is supporting my reasons to want to eat and focus on food, healthy food, because it's my medicine, not the bottles of pills the doctors want to give you. It is getting up, taking a walk, doing yoga, and being very stretched out. That's why people are breaking their limbs and stuff because they're not flexible. So I think I think even more differently now at this age, at 65, than I did at 50. And it's just a, a shift in, in my perception because I want to figure out how can I be 90 and not break my hip and stuff. So that's, um, that's a whole different you're gonna do focus it. that I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to do it. Uh, I know it. <laughs> thank you so much, anyway. Corey. And, and real real quick, I want to I wanna say this real mm-hmm. quick. Um, as we talked about, uh, you know, before, you know, you guys have been doing this for a long time, and when Stacy came into this whole fold of DDP yoga, she was way overweight, you know, she had trouble with her health, she had problems. The journey she's taken to put in all that work, to put in seven years on this show, we talked about it earlier, you grow as a human being, you grow as a person, and stacy has been on here for seven years or, or so, you know, doling out advice. We had our researcher look into it, but we couldn't pay him overtime because he's gone through so many episodes to find out when Stacy actually started. <laughs> but um, Stacy, of course, you know, is such a, an amazing person, and she's kind of uh, found some challenges in other places, you know, with her books and now her classes and her appearances. And she's going to have to take some uh, some downtime from the show. She's going to come back on occasion. Uh, so last week is going to be your full-time last episode. Is that correct? Yeah, next week, the 31st. Yep. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Wow. Yeah. It, it's just time to take so a break mad. from the – Yeah, thank you. But, you know, I just I, – I need a little break from mm-hmm. – um, you know, it's just been a, a, a long Maybe. time. And, I'm like, I'm busy doing other things, and I, I, I just need – 
I need to not spread myself so thin. Although, you know, that's never, that's never a bad idea. I want to stay. I want to keep, I mean, this show keeps me, this show has been great because it really keeps me focused and um, it keeps me a little bit out of my comfort zone and challenges me. uh, When I first started, I barely spoke, you know, so it's been a great learning opportunity for me. So I'm really, really thankful and, um, I do look but forward to you know, your coming back. What's that? I said, watch you come out of your shell about oh. that. And in, in, into yeah. opening up and talk about what was really going on with you and the pain mm-hmm. and and to to have you let this out and not just to then to me or Dallas even, but then to everybody else and to realize <sighs> what all you've done and how it's changing everybody's lives. And you're a part of that. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. Lessons, great. You know, and and now Please I'm doing, get these you know, I'm sorry. Well, go ahead, Mike. No, go go for it. No, I'm just I'm I'm a little busier now now that I'm certified in teaching and I I'm, I combine that with coaching and I do cooking demos and workshops. So, uh, you know, and and there's so many success stories now, and so many people who can come on and either. I don't know if you're going to do rotating guests or, or whatever, but there's just a wealth of people out there to draw from. So, and, and the show's in great hands with uh, with Mike and Hayden. And you get all these emails, people texting you and emailing you and telling you, you know, how your your story has impacted them. And you know, it's the cockroach theory. When one person emails you, there's a hundred people that have kind of, you know, been inspired by by your story. Um, but, you know, you really brought a perspective uh, and you're going to continue to bring because you're going to come back quarterly for the Nancy segments, as we talked about, and she's going to be uh, mm-hmm. filling in. So she's not going away. She's just, you know, taking the back seat a little bit. But you brought a perspective to the show that was so important, um, you know, from a female perspective and from somebody who really kind of covered the psychological aspect of weight loss and, and overweight that not many people are comfortable kind of going there because it really is a head game and it's something that's so, uh, you know, it's hush-hush in, in, in discussing this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it's so important to get to the root and the heart of things, you know, um, rather than dance around the truth, which I did for so many years. And I I guess that's why I'm so passionate about being truthful in, in a compassionate way, you know, because I, I really want, I want to do what I can to give others a, a foothold into in some real change. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and we thank you for all you've done. And we're not going to say goodbye yet because we're going to have you back here next week. But I think it was great mm-hmm. to have Terry here too, because, you know, kind of like, yeah. you know, and, and your run as a full-time member of the show uh, with Terry who, who kick-started everything for you and w- was your inspiration that you ended up being for so many other people. And it's kind of weird how life comes full circle like this. And we had Terry planned before all this, so it was kind of really cool how this yeah. worked out like it. I know. Well, I'm I so know. glad Very I cool. did miss Very you cool. and get to say goodbye on your last, <laughs> last full time. <laughs> I just thank I know. you for everything you said to everybody and opening up because I remember how hard it was for you to open up just to, to me and let it all out, let mm-hmm. alone come to the world. It's huge. Yeah. Look, where yeah. you've gotten to from where you started, girl. 
Yeah, and and you know why though? Because I I had people um, around me who cared, and that that really kept me focused, and it kept me on the path. If I'd been, I know if I'd been doing this alone, uh, it wouldn't have turned out this way. So, so grateful to you, Terry, because you oh, you sweet. really you you, lit, you figure you figuratively took my hand. And and held it till I was ready to walk on my own. I know that sounds corny, but that's really how it happens. Well, I think you brought up one thing DDP Yoga has, and well, there's many, but one big thing is the village of support. I mean, it takes mm-hmm. a village, and we got one. All right, from the man on down, and we walk. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is very empowering to people, and it and all they have to do. When you fall down, because people do, you just reach out, and there's going to be somebody if you just let somebody know who will mm-hmm. help you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, and thank you, Terry, for coming on with us. It's been a while, I know, and uh, we're going to have you on sooner than later. So thank you so much. We appreciate you oh, coming by too. For yeah, thanks so much. Of course, thank you, Hayden. And, and before we, we, we as we, we're going to close this out here, um, you know, Stacey, all that time ago, we have a legal thing that we have to put on our po- our pictures here at DDP Yoga. You know, the before and after pictures and Weight Watchers has to use it and fitness magazines. You have to put at the bottom of these things legally, results not typical, which I always thought was bullshit because results aren't typical, but they're possible. And Stacey is more than uh, a testament to that. And, and, and Terry and Hayden and every one of us on the show have received results that probably aren't typical, but they're possible. And uh, anything is possible. And here's yeah. people, all these people on the show put the work in, have gotten the results and they may not be typical, but with hard enough work and with dedication and with the right support system as Stacy and Terry and, and Hayden has been to me and, and all of you have, right. uh, they are possible. So thank yeah, you guys absolutely. So yeah, they're saying this point. is still a diet, and this is a big difference, I think, in a, in making it a lifestyle choice about food and exercise. I, I think that's another reason why DEP yoga is special, in that we never talk about being really a diet. It's just a healthy way to eat, and and then you give them a support system to, to boot with it. Makes us it makes it special. Absolutely, and uh, it was a special group of people, and I, I appreciate you guys spending uh, the night with me. Hayden, get some sleep, brother, and uh, I will talk to you guys next yeah. week. And, Terry, <laughs> keep in touch. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, oh, thank you, guys. Thank you week. for having me, guys. Uh, next week. Thanks, no Terry. Have a great ever, week, ever, everyone. Ever. Yes. Give up. See you guys. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back-to-back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP Yoga. It's Nacho Mama's Yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits 
It was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around. It's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP yoga can work for anyone. Hey! DDP. DDP. Rio. Five.